This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Episode 1. Spain Sawyer and Susie stared at the big door in front of them. For twins, they didn't look anything alike. Sawyer was blonde and short. Susie was tall with dark hair and freckles. But those were just the smallest differences between them. In fact, they were pretty sure they were born on different planets on opposite ends of the universe. Even so... They were stuck together as usual, and now they stood on their grandpa's front porch, deciding their next move. "'You gonna knock?' asked Sawyer. "'You knock? 
insisted Susie. You're taller. You'll be able to hear yours better. Susie shook her head. From what Mom says, I don't think he'll be able to hear it either way. His hearing aids are always running out of battery and making that annoying squeaking noise like a dying mouse. Sawyer put a stick of gum in his mouth and chewed. It helped him think better in times of distress. I can't believe they just dropped us off here, he said. I'd rather be dropped off in a girl's clothing store for days. He does smell kind of funny, Susie added. Yeah, Mom says it's because he wears Old Spice or something. Whatever it is, it burns my nostrils. Ew, he rubs Old Spices all over himself? That's gross. Susie stuck out her tongue. Sawyer popped a bubble with his gum. Guess that's how it was done back in the day. Susie shrugged and then gave the door a good knock. Well, here it goes. After a minute of silence, Grandpa finally answered the door. And when he did, he stood there with his plaid shirt, high pants, and flat cap staring down at them. They wondered whether he could even see them. Oh, he said, you're here. And then he turned and walked back into the house. Forget this, I'm walking home. Sawyer turned to leave, but Susie grabbed him before he could escape. I don't think so. Come on, Mom and Dad will only be gone for a couple of hours. Besides, they said if we're good, they'll bring us back a treat. Sawyer rolled his eyes, and together they walked inside. Grandpa's house was big and empty and smelled like wet wood. A long hallway led into the great room where vaulted ceilings stretched high above them. Big windows opened to the beautiful smoky mountains beyond. Autumn was starting to show its true colors, and the rolling hills were splashed with bright oranges, reds, and yellows. Just outside the window was a wood deck with a swing looking out. Good, Susie thought, something I can actually look forward to. Sawyer was busy looking at all the colorful paintings and interesting sculptures and artifacts on the walls. There was an oil painting of a ship sailing into the sunset, and in the far corner an old wooden bow with feathers hanging off of it. African tribal masks lined the upper mantle of the brick fireplace. There were souvenirs from all over the world, all over the room. If they didn't know any better, they'd think they were in a museum. I thought Mom said you didn't like to fly, asked Sawyer. Huh? Oh, oh, well, I don't, Grandpa replied. He sat down next to the crackling fire and started to read an old leather book. So how did you get all this then? Susie motioned to all the souvenirs. Grandpa looked over the room through his bushy gray eyebrows. Those? (laughs) I came by them, that's all. Now that you mention it, those are off limits as well as the garden. Other than that, you're free to explore. Break anything, and I'll send an invoice to your parents. Now leave me be. Sawyer and Susie looked at each other. It had been a long time since they'd been over to see Grandpa Boone. The least he could do was not be so grumpy. Maybe it was his back again, or his hip. Mom was always telling them that Grandpa's bones were hurting. As instructed, they let Grandpa be and explored the house. Most of it was pretty boring, nothing like the great room. That is, until they came to the library. Whoa, look at all these books! You think he's read all of them? asked Sawyer. I don't know. It takes someone a lifetime to get through half of them, said Susie. They explored the room and thumbed through the books. Shelves and shelves stretched up to the high ceilings and across the walls. Sawyer jumped on the sliding ladder that lined the bookcases and pushed himself along the wall. Sue's look! he shouted. Careful, you're going to break something! Sawyer kept sliding around the room on the ladder. 
Who cares? Grandpa said he'd send mom and dad some kind of voice anyway. You think that means he's going to sing to them? I hope not. Susie picked up a thick, dusty book off the table. The title read, The Boon Guide. She opened it and flipped through the pages. It was nothing but handwritten notes about different countries, foods, and places to visit. There was even rough sketches of buildings, items, and well-marked chapters. Weird, she thought. I thought Grandpa didn't travel. Oh boy, said Sawyer behind her. She turned and saw him spinning an enormous glow by the leather chair. It looked expensive. Each country was made of a different type of stone, and the rest of the ball was carved out of dark wood. You're going to get us in trouble, said Susie, marching over to intervene. She reached him and stopped the spinning globe with her finger. In the blink of an eye, they were standing in the middle of a cobblestone street, Sawyer with a confused look on his face and Susie standing there with her pointer finger pointing down and the boon guide under her arm. What just happened? cried Sawyer. Did you put a spell on us? What? No, what are you talking about? Sawyer started to panic. First I'm spinning a globe and next you're running at me and we appear here. Wait, are you a witch? Sawyer, stop it. I don't know where we are. Let's just, let's just look around and find out what's going on. She turned and stopped a gentleman walking by. Excuse me, sir, can you tell me? Lo siento, no hablo inglés, said the man. Both Sawyer and Susie went wide-eyed. They slowly swiveled their heads until they faced a big sign that read, Bienvenido a España, and in English underneath, Welcome to Spain. We're in Spain, said Sawyer. What are we doing in Spain? I don't know. Calm down. Let's just, let's just. Susie looked down at the book in her hands and then opened it up. Maybe this will have something. She scanned its pages and stopped on one with the title Spain in big letters at the top. Two tickets were wedged into the crease of the pages. Run to the train station, she read aloud. Why do we need to run? asked Sawyer. Please tell me that's your allergies acting up again, said Susie. Sawyer shook his head and they both looked back at the gate behind them. The gate burst open and out ran a hundred raging bulls charging right for them. Run! yelled Sawyer. They bolted down the cobblestone street, dodging the bulls' sharp horns by inches. As they came around the corner, they started to notice that people weren't running away from the stampede behind them. They were running with it. People dressed in white with red sashes tied around their waist jumped into the street and ran alongside them. Are these people crazy? cried Sawyer. Faster, Sawyer, we need to make it to that cathedral. They ran harder and harder, weaving down the narrow streets through canyons of old bakeries and shops. With every ounce of energy they had, they pushed ahead of the crowd and ran into the cathedral at the end of the street. The big church was much quieter inside. Its beautiful stained-glass windows illuminated pictures of saints and scenes from the Bible. If there was any place on this planet that was safe from a bull, it was here. Are we safe? asked Sawyer. I think they're passing, said Susie, listening to the commotion outside. Whew, that was too close. How are we supposed to get to a train station with bulls running through the streets? Looking for a train station, my little Americanos? came a voice in the shadows. Who's there? 
Out walked a man with a fair complexion, dark hair, and a funny-looking costume with gold lacing. Sheathed at his side was a thin sword that clanked against his boots with every step he took. You must be new to Pamplona if you don't know where the train station is, said the man. Por favor, allow me to show you the way. Sawyer scrunched his nose. Por favor? Oya, it means please. We're not supposed to talk to strangers, especially ones that dress in weird clothes, said Sawyer, getting ready to kick the man in the shins if need be. Forgive me, O tiny one. I am the Matador, but you can call me Matt. Matador? asked Susie. Si, un Matador is a bullfighter. That is my occupation. You know, the handsome hombre in the arena who holds a red blanket to get the bull to charge, and then I fight it? Oh, with a dis? He whipped out his skinny sword and swished it through the air. Shh, said a little old lady sitting in the pew. Matt looked disgusted, both for being interrupted mid-demonstration and because they'd never heard of a matador bullfighter. Oh, never mind. Let's get you muchachos to the station. Vamonos! He opened the cathedral door. No, don't! Sawyer and Susie cried, but the man was already outside. Was he nuts, they thought? That's where the bulls were. After a few sounds of grunts and scuffles, they hesitantly stepped outside to meet him. There, sitting tall atop the biggest black bull they'd ever seen was Matt, puffing out his chest. Hop on, he said. Sawyer was confused. But I thought you said you fought bulls. I never was very good at my job. Now vamonos, niños! The kids hopped on the bull and away they went zigzagging through the stampede, the narrow streets, and the crazy people until they skidded to a stop in front of the train station. Where to, my little Yankee doodles? Matt asked. Susie continued reading the Boone Guide's instructions. It says we need to take the next train to Andalusia? Ah, Andalusia. Muy bien. Perfect. It leaves in just a few minutes. Hurry! Take your tickets up to that mujer there and she'll get you seated. Oi! came a voice by the booth. A man with a dark mullet and mustache stepped out of line and headed for Matt. Both men drew their swords. Who are you? asked Matt. The man pointed his sword at him. My name is Anigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Excuse me? I don't know your father. Sawyer called out from the departing train. Come on, Matt, the train's leaving! Go on, muchachos. I need to take care of this misunderstanding. Hasta luego. Hasta luego? It, it means see you later. Oh. And with that, the train left Matt and the mysterious man to their sword fight. When their train arrived, Sawyer ran out into a plaza full of lush flowers and old buildings. I can't take it anymore. I gotta eat something, he said. Susie looked in her guide and read, Maria's. Try the paella and Spanish tortilla. She looked up from the book and saw a sign above a small stone building that read Maria's Restaurante. In there, she said, pointing Sawyer to the restaurant. They took a seat at one of the tables and ordered as the guide suggested, using only the words in the book. There was even money sitting on the page, several euros, which was just enough to cover the meal. Moments later, hot plates were placed before them. Mmm, this is amazing, said Sawyer, chowing down on his Spanish tortilla, which looked like a disc of egg and potatoes swimming in olive oil. 
Susie enjoyed her paella, a bowl of rice full of an assortment of delicious seafood. Susie looked around the room. What's that? She glanced over the tables and saw a stage where dancers, dressed in flowing red dresses, stepped out and started to dance. They were clapping tiny cymbals together with their fingers as they twirled around and around. Susie looked down at the book. Stay and enjoy the flamenco dancers. They give out free castanets after the show, she read. Sure enough, once the dancers were finished, one of the women came over to them and gave Susie the little finger cymbals. Castanets, she whispered. Don't get me wrong, this is awesome, but are we going to be stuck here forever? asked Sawyer. I mean, are there any tickets in there to get us home? Susie flipped through the pages. There were no plane tickets, not a single one. No, but there is one last set of instructions, she said. They headed back to the train station and took the next train to A Coruña, a coastal city on the opposite side of the country. After a long ride, they hopped on a bus to the beach, a beautiful coast with the world's oldest working lighthouse watching over it. They stopped in front of a statue of a surfer and took a seat on a bench. Did we get the chuches like it said? Sawyer asked. Susie held out the baggie of sugary gummies they'd been devouring on the bus. I got them right here, she said with a mouthful. And you're sure this is the right statue? You see any other surfer statues around here? It says to sit here and look at the clock behind us at exactly four o'clock. So there they sat, waiting patiently for four to roll around. Finally it came and they stared hard at the clock. Sawyer talked out the side of his mouth. Everybody's looking at us like we're nuts. Susie jabbed him with her elbow. Just do it. They stared harder, but still nothing happened. We have to be missing something, Susie said, looking around the beach. Sawyer walked up to the surfer statue. Forget it. We're stuck here forever. I don't even know a word of Spanish. Okay, maybe a couple, thanks to Matt. He stopped when he noticed something on the plaque under the surfer. Uh, Susie? Yeah? What's Grandpa's first name? Um, Kip. Why? Come look at this. Susie walked over and read the plaque. It read, Dedicated to the greatest surfer Acarunia has ever known, the legendary Kip Boone. They both slowly looked up at each other and then at the statue, which had the same pointy nose they'd seen earlier that day. The clock echoed over the boardwalk. They stared at it, not because they were instructed to, but because they were in awe of what they'd just discovered. In a flash of light, they were back in the library. Standing next to them was Grandpa Boone with his fingers stopped on Spain on the globe. There was something different about him. He didn't look crabby, he wasn't hunched over, and he wasn't bossing them around. He stood tall with a twinkle in his eyes. Your parents are here, he said warmly. I trust we can keep this little secret between the three of us? Sawyer and Susie nodded. Good. Now off you go. He led them down the long hall to the front door. Susie noticed on one of the far walls of the entryway was a blue surfboard that looked like it had been well used. Old wax was hardened to it and their grandpa's initials was carved into the point and there was a red sash draped over the top. 
Can we come again next week? Asked Sawyer with an added sense of enthusiasm. I don't see why not, as long as it's okay with your parents. Their parents nodded. As they walked out to the car, they turned back and waved. Bye, Grandpa! Grandpa winked. Hasta luego!